Welcome back. I'm Paul Hansen. You're listening to the second segment of the 19th edition of Boss Tone Radio. And on the line, we have world-renowned, legendary bassist, Tim Bogert. And we're listening to him right now, jamming along with two of his friends, Carmine Apice on the drums and Rick Derringer on the guitar. And let's pick up where we left off, talking to Tim. Tim, I remember a story, it might have been Beck Bogart in a piece about an outdoor festival you guys did, and Carmine's drums were on a flatbed truck. That was Cactus. Oh, Cactus. <laughs> <laughs> so you and uh, Jim? Rusty. Rusty. Uh, yeah, it was actually Rusty's doing. I just kind of went along for the, <laughs> the laugh. You undid the parking brake? Oh, well, yes, we did. In, in the middle of Carmine's solo, as it rolled down the hill, he disappeared from sight. <laughs> oh, he was pissed because all the mics went spring, pulled his drums all apart. He was pissed. So this is in front of thousands of people at an outdoor festival? Yeah, we festival. were doing an outdoor festival, and they had two flatbed trucks on either side of this <laughs> steak truck in the middle as a drum riser. Oh, my gosh. And the band was on the other two flatbeds in front of it. And it was kind of on a little bit of a hill being outdoors. Uh I think it was in Tennessee. I think it was Memphis, if I remember right. Right in the middle of the drum solo, Rusty just got this look in his eye. (laughs) Whenever he got that look, I'd follow him. (laughs) Because I knew something wonderful was about to happen. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man, it was funny. Stop the show. I mean, that was uh-huh. the end of the show. <laughs> oh, really? Had to drive the truck back. The crowd was milling. Did Carmine, um, Carmine didn't think it was funny, though, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. didn't think it was funny at all. But over the years, you and Carmine have been one of the best rhythm section teams. Thank you. And, of course, you've played with some of the greatest guitar players. Um, I've been lucky. You were one of them. Whoa, thank you. <laughs> hey, Tim... I noticed when when we played together, you had a Boss pedal board filled with uh-huh. Boss pedals. Do you still use Boss pedals? From time to time, I always use the Fuzz Tone because I was working with the Fudge all those years. And I was known for using the Fuzz Tone, so I did. Was it a bass overdrive or distortion? No, just a regular overdrive, guitar overdrive. Yeah, Back I... when I started using them, they didn't have a a bass one, so I just bought the ones. They only had two or three pedals when I started using them. Do you recall, was it the yellow one, the OD1? Kind of an orange-looking thing, not oh, a yellow one. The DS1. Could be. I remember you also had some other Boss pedals, and you showed me a trick that Eddie Van Halen showed you. Oh, the digital delay thing. And you set it up to a triplet, and then you play four over it. It comes out to arpeggiate a chord. Eddie used it on uh, Cathedral, where where he swelled up his, uh, you know, used his volume control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, but you would use it just slapping on your bass and this really insane kind of stuff. You try and make things your own, or your your own style kind of dictates what you can do with it. So right. that's what I could do with it. So I did. For that effect, you you used a Boss digital delay. Did you also have a, a chorus? Yeah, because it made nice chordal noises when I did solo. It would smooth things out a bit. Tim, I actually saw you on the internet playing the Steinberger bass. Oh, that would have been the time I went out with Rick Derringer in 82 or 3, I guess. Yeah, I think that's what we heard right at the beginning of this segment. 
But I remember you not playing a Steinberger, but a very beautiful face with lots of wood inlays. Oh, it was Mike Tobias Design. Yeah, when we were working together, I had a, a regular Tobias, and that was before he sold it to Gibson. Let's talk about recording. Um, do you have any tips for getting a good sound in the studio? Oh, what I do now is use a direct input and then also a small amp with one 10-inch speaker that I can overdrive as the tune requires. Whoa, so you go... And those two, and you use the DI for the bottom and the amp sound for the body of the noise. Do you get the amp to distort? Sometimes. It depends on what the tune calls for. If it's a hard rock thing, a little bit of distortion helps. Just a short 30-second break for some info about Boss. Boss currently has a line of compact effect pedals designed specifically for bass. And Boss also makes killer multi-effects units designed for bass players to make your sound raunchier, smoother, fatter, or effect it any way you want. Go check out these pedals at BossUS.com. Oh, and don't forget, stay tuned with Boss Tuners. Boss Tuners work great with bass. Back to the show. Thanks for listening. Tim, a couple months ago, I was at my friend's beach house, and we had this huge stereo, and it was cranked, and we had the radio on. Anyway, the song came on, and it was a Robin Trower song, but it was this amazing guitar player, I think, Michael Schenker. And it was too Rolling Stoned, and I looked it up on the internet, and I, I thought the bass playing sounded familiar. <laughs> and it, oh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so here, one of the sessions I've done for Mike Barney. Well, here's a just an excerpt from that. This is uh, Michael Schenker and Davy Pattison, and I guess uh, Ainsley Dunbar played drums. Yeah. So here, and you holding down the bottom end, of course. I am such a Robin Trower fan and also a Michael Schenker fan. And my buddy and I were on the beach and we just had that cranked. Had a few beers, you know. Oh, it helped. <laughs> um, did you record this album with that same technique where you mic up a small amp? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we used a B-15, an old Ampeg B-15, because it oh. break up really well. It's an old tube amp. That's the Portaflex. Ah. I still have one. I'm standing in front of it now. I'm in the garage. Well, here's another excerpt from that same album. It's The album is called The Endless Jam Continues. And this is the short bass solo on the song called I'm Losing You.
man. You guys are rocking. It was a fun day. When you're about to start to do a project like that, did you guys get together and rehearse? Oh, what happened was Mike sent me three CDs of tunes because I did three albums that week. I did Leslie West and Jake Lee, too. Oh. And he sent me all the stuff that we were going to do so I could do pre-production and learn it all, uh-huh. which I did. And then drove out to Vegas and we recorded for a whole week. Did, I guess... Oh, it took two and a half days to do each album. Did the band record all at the same time? Uh, the only artist that came in was Jakey e. Lee. Leslie West did not show up, and Schenker and Patterson were not there. Did you play the tunes with a scratch track? Um, I forget the fellow's name, but there was a, a ghost or a rhythm guitarist there. Uh-huh. And Ainsley, he and I did all the tracks. And Jakey e. came in and uh-huh. put some guitar on his stuff uh, while we were there. Mike was producing it, and he knew exactly what he wanted, but he would tell us exactly what he wanted us to do, and we would, of course, do that because we're playing a session. And it went down very nicely. Long days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'd start in the morning, and we'd work way until past midnight. But it was a lot of fun. Did you ever meet Michael Schenker or Leslie West? I know Leslie. I've uh-huh. known him because he comes from the Long Island area and used to have a band called The Vagrant. Back when the Vanilla Fudge was the pigeon, and we would both play the same place. There were two stages in this place called the Action House. They'd be on one stage, and they'd do their show, and we'd be on our, our stage during that break. We'd do our show, and then they'd go back on. We'd go back on uh-huh. the way the night used to go. Ah. So I'd known Leslie since six. I toured with him in what year was that? See, 88, 89? I did a tour with him and Joe Franco who is a fine drummer. Oh, yeah. Wonderful drummer. Joe Franco, he's Remember kind the of... Good Rats, that was the name of his band. They were very big on the East Coast in their time, back in the, like, the 60s or 70s. Yeah. Good Rats. And he has totally that Long Island accent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember him now. Um, you've been living in L.A. for a long 30 time. 30-some-odd years, yeah. Do you miss the East Coast? All the friends that I had there are gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of my relatives are gone, so I only have two second cousins who live there now. Mm-hmm. And I've grown to become accustomed to the West Coast and the climate. I ride a motorcycle, so I ride here all year. Yeah. Um, I, I quite like it here. Are you down to just one motorcycle nowadays? No, I still have two. I have a, a, a luxury cruiser, a land yacht, <laughs> and a hot rod. For you Harley owners yeah. who would know the words, it's an electric glide and a B-Rod. Back when uh, we were working at Musicians Institute, you, on sunny days, you would would you drive the electric glide? Well, yeah. back then I didn't have an electric glide. This one's new. It's 05. Uh, back then I had an old shovel head. Shovel head, yeah. An old Y-Glide. I would ride that to school all the time. Set my day up properly. I would get there feeling good. Those days when, when you were teaching at Musicians Institute, did you see like one symptom that uh bass players exhibited that made them not as good is there like one average advice you would give out to uh bass players wow <laughs> <laughs> the, there's so many different things is that wow. <laughs> the mind boggle <laughs> okay serious mm-hmm. answer yeah uh you need to practice a lot cuz whatever god given talent you have need to polish that so it shines. 
funny answer. A, you can polish all you want, but you can't polish a turd. <laughs> B, there's 18,000 people trying to get your job. This is insane. <laughs> B, all of the above. Wow. Pick one. <laughs> Those are words of wisdom. <laughs> Those are true words of wisdom. Speaking of getting a job, that's something that you've always you've always had gigs coming in your direction. Sometimes. I made a living. I can't <laughs> complain. Do you have any advice for getting gigs? What I've found more than anything else, Paul, is that as you work with certain people, you develop friendship. They like you, you like them, for whatever reason. Uh-huh. And it's your friends will seem to get you more work than going out pounding the pavement. That's true. Yeah, if you have a good attitude, most of the people I know with a good attitude work a lot. And all of the prima donnas and arrogant people and self-centered folks, well, the they don't work as much, so, so oh no. That's the thing. is hard one to say because I'm sure each experience is totally individual. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for letting me interview you, and thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Underneath us now is uh, Derringer Bogert and a piece. This is from the 2001 album uh, called DBA, and the song is called Blood from a Stone. Super thanks to Tim Bogert for taking time out from his busy day of playing bass and riding motorcycles to come on the show. And uh, thanks to you for using boss pedals and listening to the show. And to all you bass players out there, don't forget, Boss makes a lot of stuff for you. So go to BossUS.com and check it out, and I'll be talking to you later. This is Paul Hansen. See ya.